Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. All right, coming up this morning, Joe Ingles and Craig Bullerjack to get things started. We had them on later in the show yesterday. Uh, you know, we had the earthquake. That's a good time. You really need to be on the fifth floor of the arena for an earthquake. <laughs> Yuck. You got to see Yuck's face in this definitive head shake. No, if you've seen the Danny DeVito gif, you just did a Danny DeVito. No, no. Uh, go to, uh, you know, on Facebook or on Twitter, go into your gifts and uh, just type in no Danny DeVito and you'll see the look. And I think it's from that show. Uh, uh, is it from Never, The Sun Never Shines in Philly or whatever that is? Always sunny in Philly. The sun never shines. I got that totally backwards. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. I watched the show a couple times, but I never got into the characters. I might, I might have to binge watch that when I'm done with The Office. I'm late into season six now. Six down, three to go, basically. Uh, and we ran a poll on that. Like 80% of you are hardcore Office fans. You've either watched every single one of them, which I think was like 50% of you, or 60% of you, and then another 20 or 30, whatever it was, uh, had watched most, but not all of them. But I remember that it was 80% had watched either all or most of them. Hardcore. I'm catching up. I'm not there yet, but I'm catching up. Uh, so season six is when Jim and Pam have the baby. So, you know, there you go. Major plot line. Nothing beats the cold off the cold open with the fire drill. Go to YouTube. That is hilarious. Best cold open. All right. Uh, so Joe Ingles had him on, and uh, you're going to hear Joe on earthquakes. That's good stuff. Uh, Joe on coming back, and there's literally no. He's he feels like he's prepared, but there's no way more for him to prepare for five on five basketball other than playing five on five basketball. And it's just all the starting and the stopping and the cutting and the, you know, you just can't replicate that on a treadmill or on a bike. I mean, you can get the aerobic activity, but starting and stopping and cutting is, is just different. You use different muscles and it's, it's just different. What are you going to do? So he talks about that. And then also get him on Rudy and Donovan. And I don't want to do too much on that because I want you to, we're going to play it in the next segment and you should hear it for yourself. Uh, but I'll just say Joe couldn't have been any more definitive. I feel like we 100% know what Joe thinks. We know. Now, to the degree that Joe isn't Rudy or isn't Donovan and that we're all entitled to get new information and change our mind, and maybe to some degree Joe's just wrong on some level, I mean, you gotta, you can't control for that. But I, I don't feel like Joe can say anything more in public. I mean, he's, he's been really consistent about this. He reiterated it again. He doesn't want to speak for other people, you know? He can only speak for how he sees it, and he doesn't want to tell you what Donovan is feeling or what Rudy is feeling. It's up to Donovan and Rudy to say what they're feeling or what they're thinking or any of that. But he can tell you what he thinks when he's on a Zoom call watching them all interact, and he thinks they're going to be fine. And they've had team Zoom calls and that. He's referenced that before, like every other business or extended family or whatever. And if you haven't started doing that, I highly recommend it. I've done it with my college roommates. And I'm finding I think weekly is too much because we don't have that much to share because there isn't that much going on. Uh, But I think that every couple of weeks or every month, I mean, it was a blast. The first couple were a lot of fun. But this last one, I felt like now we've probably kind of caught up. And, you know, we had some jokes and running interaction, all that stuff. But there's just not that much going on right now. Uh, but you should definitely try it if you haven't. I think it's uh, it works. Um, so we'll have that with Joe coming up. And then we got Bowler after that. And PK and I have been trying not to talk every day about 
Oh, what's it going to be like when they come back? And when are they coming back? But then yesterday we had three things kind of break that we had to discuss that happened in the previous 24, now 48 hours, um, where the colleges, uh, the college uh, commissioners spoke with Mike Pence that they don't really want to play until the students, I don't want to say the regular students, but don't get it, until the full student body is back on campus, they don't want to really bring athletes back just to make money off them. That's a bad look. Plus, it could open them up to lawsuits, theoretically, if something went wrong and you know a whole team came down sick or whatever. Uh, so that's kind of where the college sports restarting starts. Mike Trout did his media availability thing, did his interview, and, and he thinks it'd be weird to be locked up in Arizona away from the family for months, especially with his wife pregnant with her first kid. So he's not a big fan of that, although he also didn't say, I'll never, ever, 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 ever do it. So, you know, there's a little wiggle room. And Dr. Fauci came out and said that they could um, play, maybe they could play in the summer, but without fans, especially if they just went to one location, and just went hotel, stadium, or arena, Ho- you know, hotel game, hotel game, hotel game. But, uh, you know, Joe will react to that. He's not thrilled with that. And I think Bowler, and I think Bowler's right about this. Bowler thinks he'll probably be on the outside looking in if that happens. Either they'll treat it like summer league and they'll just have a couple broadcast crews, which could happen. I think it's more likely they produce clean feeds and that local announcers get the local spots in because they think they really want to come back with regular season games, which admittedly will probably be kind of like a little preseason-ish to get them in shape for the playoffs. But there's also a chance that it could change some seedings and matchups. Certainly, you know, there's a very tight race, three, four, five, six in the West is pretty close. Anything could happen there with Houston and Oklahoma City and the Jazz and uh, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, maybe the Clippers. I don't think it would, but mathematically, I guess it could. So I guess you say two through six. Are, are pretty close together. So there's some wiggle room there to work out. And I think they want to make the money off those broadcasts, you know, and, and fill out those contracts. And plus, then the playoffs would be of a higher quality. But I think they also want to try to be done by Labor Day-ish. So, you know, will we see three out of five playoff series instead of four out of seven? It's eh, another question. That's all got to be worked out. But I could see uh, Bowler and the broadcast crew being up here doing the broadcast off a monitor. Because once you put them down in the hotel, that's just more people. It gets more complicated. They had a traveling party of 58 people in Oklahoma City. How do they get that number down under 50? How do they get that number down under 40? I don't think they get that number down under 30. With coaches, assistant coaches, now maybe they maybe they do. Maybe they tell teams, hey, this is how many people you get in your traveling party. Figure it out. Because we don't want 40 people there. Because with the assistant coaches, development guys, video people... Um, trainers, equipment staff, you know, the number starts ballooning. They had 58 people in Oklahoma City. How do they cut that in half? You know, 15 players, uh, you know, head coaches, assistant coaches. Maybe they do tell them, though, hey, you got 22. Deal with it. Maybe they don't let them bring 15 players down. Short run. Maybe they don't let them bring 12 down. You know, there's all kinds of things to be figured out. Anyway, Joe Ingles, Craig Bullerjack, coming up next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Joe, did you grow up with a lot of earthquakes in Australia, or is this a new thing for you? 4.2. 
Good morning. I am so over this. <laughs> I'm not going to lie one little bit. I don't care if people think I'm overreacting or it's just a little shake or I don't care what people think. This is ridiculous and I'm sick of it. And I just want to go to Australia. <laughs> Oh, a little dramatic this morning, huh? Uh, well, it's honestly, it's not like it obviously doesn't really bother me too much, but it was well, it's a bit of a coincidence. But I was sitting with with Miller and Jacob this morning when it when it happened, and Renee was actually working out in the gym. She felt it felt it in the gym, but Miller was like, "This house is so silly. We need to go to our Australia house because it doesn't shake." Um, <laughs> and just and like since. Since it happened, she's kept talking about going back to Australia, and obviously it spooks the the kids more than it kind of does to me. Um, so we'll see how the day plays out, but hopefully she she's all right. Joe Ingles joined us here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. The uh, news came out yesterday. The uh, Dr. Fauci said, hey, you could play NBA basketball or Major League Baseball, uh, as long as there was nobody in the stadium and they put the players in hotels. And uh, Mike Trout of the Angels, uh, an excellent baseball player, although I don't know that you follow baseball, but an excellent baseball player. No, uh, that's a cool name. <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh, not a big fan. He said, I, I think that's pretty crazy. We can't be sitting in our hotel rooms just going from the field to the hotel room and not being able to do anything. Now, he also has a wife pregnant with their first kid, and he said, well, if I go to that, then do I have to quarantine for two weeks coming back? When you hear the thought of being in a hotel for a month or two, what do you think? Uh, I think I would be right there next to my friend Mike Trout. <laughs> no, I think um, I think in well, obviously what we're going through now, it's like it wouldn't be too different in terms of like most people are obviously stuck inside or, or stuck at their homes and apartments or, or whatever they live in. Um, uh, my only thought about that, I guess, is if if that is the case and we are wherever or going to Vegas or whatever's kind of been the a little bit of the talk. Um, so, I mean, what happens when one person potentially tests positive, then we're kind of back to square one again, because then we all have to be, if you're in contact with someone, maybe and maybe it's a little bit different now, or if the testing's faster or whatever the case is, but um, if someone tests positive within a team you've played or your own team or, or in a hotel, then you're I mean, we're kind of back to square one again where we all have to be self-quarantined or whatever for two weeks. And um, obviously everyone, like uh, the the baseball guys, everyone's in different situations. I think, did you say he's got a pregnant wife or he's just had a kid or whatever? Um, I mean, like everyone's just got, people might be pregnant, people might have young babies. Um, obviously, some people will just be themselves or, or with a partner or something. So, uh, I think everyone will be in different situations. But I just feel like if if we all go back to a, a group setting and we're all in Vegas or wherever it is, then as soon as one person is positive, which obviously there's a really good chance because we're not going to be the only ones in Vegas. Everyone's been like you, you just I don't know you just don't know I don't, I don't know what I'll let the, the big bosses make the decisions. 
So you've gone now five weeks without any form of practice or games. When you're in the off season, and particularly with you with a lot of international competition that you're a part of with your national team, how long do you normally go without some type of supervised practice or a pickup game or some form of competitive basketball? Um, so recently, the last kind of couple of years and um, with, with the Jazz, we obviously get a program as we leave. So we have our locker clean out or whatever and exit meetings and we usually get an emailed um, kind of plan or structure for us. Um, I think usually it's kind of like two, three weeks of completely like nothing. Um, so just have, have two or three weeks, kind of let your body heal and recover a little bit, try and get some rest and then kind of slowly you kind of start back at square one and you, you build up again um, obviously over a, a fair bit of amount of time so um, start in the weight room get back out spot shooting and obviously build up to, to playing pick up and 5-5 five five or whatever so um, I mean this is definitely <laughs> the longest I've gone without kind of obviously we're doing I haven't been able to really shoot we we i've got a amazing lifetime uh hoop up in my driveway but it's not really realistic to to what an nba court or or scenario like situation is so um i go down to our gym every day do some stuff in the gym but yeah nothing nothing on court so as you go through this is there a point where coming back seems more serious and you have to individually crank it up a little bit and think, okay, we could really be going and I've got to be, I got to feel, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, but I got to feel a certain way before I let Quinn put me in a practice and run me ragged. So I better get going. But in terms of you saying, I've got to get going, what do I do? Run whether it's physical or physical. ride a little bit more on the bike. Like there's nothing that is going to get anybody out of the 450 players ready for a practice or a scrimmage or, or whatever that first kind of thing looks uh-huh. like other than being on the court. And that's, that's the hard thing. I think I read something yesterday. Jason Tatum was like, this is the longest he's never touched a basketball for. And I'm sure he's got one in his house and he dribbles around or, or whatever, but he, everyone kind of knows what he means. He's gone out there and played basketball and shot and did an individual or, or played three on three or anything. And, um, there's just nothing. If they called us today and said, "Hey, we're we're, we're back. There's a plan. You've got a week until training camp starts." Kind of, like, I mean, I can go down to the gym and run for an extra 20 minutes or, or something like that. But regardless, I'm going to get onto the court and I'm going to be just as tired as I would be if I didn't do that because it's just you just can't simulate that that five and five, which is why the off season also is hard at times if you're not in a, a big city where you obviously see the, the LA pickups and the New York or whatever kind of uh, cities here do those, those live kind of pickup games and you, you see highlights of it and that. If you haven't got that, you, you can't really simulate. It's hard to, to simulate it. So you you do your individual stuff, you do that, but then regardless, you come back to training camp, you're going to be tired those first few days. So um, I think someone put out a little thing about like a 25-day plan where you'd have kind of 10 days of individuals and um, obviously building yourself back up and then, then like a 10 to 2-week um, like kind of training camp to start 
practices start scrimmaging and then obviously those last few days would be you'd obviously want to be in game shape to be be ready to obviously start the season again. So you're sort of getting, I guess, a taste of retirement while you're an active player. Is that accurate? Yeah, I'm not retiring anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, it's, I mean, it's it's funny because me and Renee had talked about it, and obviously her being recently retired after playing 17 years professionally, and her last year, which was the off season, just gone. Was she was kind of mentally ready. Her body was fine. I mean, she could still play now. She she still works out every day and all that. But just mentally, she she knew it was time to to move on. She wasn't she didn't hate playing or hate going to training, but she just knew um, it was it was the right time. She felt good. She studied and, and was very organised for, for kind of post career um, what she wanted to do. And, and she went to every practice and enjoyed it and just knew it was the last one and. Um, not that being home with my family makes me not want to be here and keep playing, but um, yeah, it makes you want to make sure you know know what you want to do when you, you finish playing. Just sitting at home, and as much as it is enjoyable being at home with my family, they're obviously not going to be here anyway because the kids will be at school and Renee will be working or doing whatever she wants to do. So um, I think it'll it'll kind of wake everyone up to just have a plan of of what you want to do post-career because you, you can't just sit at home every day once you're retired. So, Joe, we were uh, we were discussing this uh, about uh, the impact you have here because we see you tweeting a lot about autism. We see people interacting with you on social media. How many places in the world could this have happened? Because you are such a big star here, it happens that we don't have an NFL team or a Major League Baseball team here. If you were still playing in Spain, you know, soccer is the big sport. You couldn't, I wouldn't think you'd have the same impact in the community. And in a lot of American cities, you wouldn't have the same impact in a community. Do you you ever sit and consider that, how everything has worked out and come together here? Oh, absolutely. Um, Everyone kind of talks about a little bit about how how it was the Clippers and like I should I, I could have been there I should have been there and, and whatever That's Clippers fans obviously kind of saying that but um, as cliche as it as it sounds everything kind of happens for a reason um, yeah I mean it's it's pretty crazy that we were talking about it not long ago I mean Renee were talking about it just about. Uh, I mean, by the end of by the end of my contract, it's going to be eight years or something here. Um, and I came over at twenty seven. I didn't come over at twenty one or two in the draft. And um, to come from Spain and and Israel, where I didn't play a whole lot, I'd had a decent kind of international career with the Australian team up to this point. And to come here, I honestly was <laughs> me and Renee. I, I told Renee like, if I can just get a couple of years here, it'd be kind of great on my resume. To tell my kids I played in the NBA, and um, then the next thought was like, oh, well, I can get if I get three years, I'll get that uh, the pension plan, which is cool, like a little bit of um, a kind of safety net for when you do retire. You've got a little bit of income coming in, and then I signed that the four year deal, and and obviously, I feel like obviously I've done a a fair bit now and then helped our team and helped our organization kind of become a little bit of, of who they've become. I'm definitely not taking credit for, for too much, but I think I've been a part of the 
obviously me and Quinn came in the start the same year. It was Rudy's second year, and, and we've kind of built this thing up to, to what it is now. And obviously we've been lucky with the Millers and, and Dennis and to, to draft good players and get good free agents and all that. But, um, yeah, it's it's crazy how it's kind of become what it's become. And, yeah, I mean, being in a smaller city is sometimes people don't – a lot of people don't want to come to smaller cities or, or – "Quote unquote, like boring," what what people would say. But Utah has been unreal for, for me. I, I loved it when I was here by myself, when it was just me and Renee here, and obviously now having having kids and stuff here. It's um, like I said, I've said it a million times, but it's uh, become a, a second home for us. And um, I don't really want to know what my <laughs> life would be like if it, if it didn't happen like this, because I've thoroughly enjoyed being here, and, and obviously what what's to come these next couple of years. So last week, a story comes out that says uh, uh, an anonymous quote that the relationship between Gobert and Mitchell is quote unquote unsalvageable. And That's shortly thereafter, word. you put out a tweet. You put out a tweet that said, "LOL." What was that tweet about? I was laughing out loud. <laughs> about what? Uh, I can't really remember what it was. Now it was. Uh, it was a few days ago, wasn't it? Obviously, something, I don't know, maybe Miller said something funny, or maybe Miller was trying to pronounce the word unsalvageable or something. I can't really remember, but um, <laughs> I'm glad it's been salvaged. You know, jazz fans want to believe it's been salvaged, but there's a big chunk of jazz fans who, in here, until they hear it from Donovan, aren't going to believe it. Oh, do me, do me to get, should we get Donovan on the line and see if it's salvaged? A lot of jazz fans, I'm dead serious about this. I'm not joking around at all, Joe. A lot of jazz fans would appreciate it if you got Donovan to say that. He could, <laughs> he could come on our show and say it. He could hold up his Didn't phone they? and say it into his phone so they can see his face. And then he could post it on social media. But I'm telling you, there are scars from stuff that happened here before you were born. There That's are scars. Nothing to do with me. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's just jazz fan, <laughs> and there are just scars, and people wear it every day, and this is just this is one more thing. And it, it doesn't have to do with Rudy or what Donovan. Did, it has to do with jazz fans. Out, feel, what did Rudy come out and say the other day? Right, but he's not the, uh, the, he's not the aggrieved, hurt party here, which is why. And, and Joe, Joe, we could do a whole lesson in jazz history, in Utah sports history, and in Utah history, but there's just a <laughs> lifetime of this stuff, and this is one more straw on the camel's back. And it, it, I, I, I think it's tough when you're in the locker room um, because people don't know and can't know. I think we know more. PK and I know more than the average fan, but there's a lot of stuff we still don't know. And we know we don't know it. And we know that it's hard to throw it out there. It's kind of like if you've read about this MJ documentary that's coming out. And Jordan's like, well, when people see behind the scenes, they're still not going to have all the context. They're going to think I'm a bad guy. And so I get why people don't want to put it out there. I 100% understand. And yet I also know that jazz fans are wearing all this agony and all this heartbreak from other situations that have gone wrong for whatever reason. And like... Oh boy, here we go again. And they just, there's a segment of them that just can't shake that feeling until they see it from Donovan, see the look in his eyes, and realize he's serious because it matters to them a lot. Well, I, from, from what I know, I, and I, I feel like I've, I, I know a fair bit of what's going on with our team, being uh, 
a piece of, of the roster and being in a group chat and all of that, I'd be, like I said, on the Sam Amix podcast however many weeks ago. That was like maybe three weeks ago or something when, I, when it was so unsalvageable. Um, I said that our team would be completely fine. I was confident in that. And, like, uh, I mean, people, <laughs> I had a lot of tweets like, oh, if Joe thinks it's, it's all good, then it will be all good. And I'd be even more confident now saying that, that we're going to be totally fine. I was confident back then saying it. Otherwise, I obviously wouldn't have said it. I'm not going to say something I don't believe in. Um, I thought it back then, however many weeks ago. And like I said, I think, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, they obviously had a little bit of a frustration there. I think everyone in the situation was frustrated at different things, not, not Rudy. Um, my frustration was like getting home to my family. Like I wanted to be here with my family. I didn't want to, I didn't want to talk to anyone in our team. I didn't, I didn't speak to anyone in our team for the first 10 days, two weeks because I was, my one and only concern was, was my family and making sure they were okay and making sure the kids were, were healthy and, Obviously, me kind of stick, staying away from them to, to maybe if I if I had it or didn't have the symptoms or whatever the the things to be. So I think um, there was frustration from everyone's part in, in different in in different uh, ways and different feelings. But um, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I believe our team will be completely. They've spoken. We've all spoken. We've been in group chats. We've been, like it's like it's. It, it's it's completely. It's we're going to be fine. Everyone. I don't know the histories and all of it. We could maybe sit down off camera or off radio one day, and we'll we'll have a big chat about it, and I'll write it in my notes and um, see what I can do to to help it all. But um, yeah, we'll be fine. Well, I think that pretty much says it all, man. I think you've answered all those questions, and that should be the end of it, right? I mean, like, like I wouldn't. I'm not going to sit here. First of all, I'm not going to put anyone's business out in public. That's not my. Unless it's to do with me. Um, that's not my. But, like I said, I, I'm pretty confident. I'm. Like I said, I'm in the loop of what happens behind the scenes and what is happening behind the scenes and what isn't happening behind the scenes. And I think I think Jazz fans will be fine. Rudy, I think it was Rudy, whoever came out and said that they both want to win. They want to win here. Um, I don't know what else people need to say if they both want to win here. It's pretty, I don't know, it seems pretty confident that, that they decided that they wanted to play together and win together here. So um, until further notice, I think everyone will just worry about the earthquakes rather than those two. <laughs> Joe, Joe, by the way, you should know uh, that if you're on the fifth floor of the arena and uh, four or five earth four four point two or five point seven earthquake hits. Uh, you you can ride it out. The arena is great. We're looking around. There's no cracked glass we can see. It is it's a crazy ride up here on the fifth floor, uh, but uh, it's totally doable. I don't want to experience that. I'm fine at my house. <laughs> had a little shake. The stairs had a little shake, and I'll uh, get back to every day. I do want to answer one of the questions I got to, right before I got online. I looked on Twitter because I retweeted the questions, and one of the questions was. I can't actually remember who it was from, but what retired player would I want to play with in his prime? And I thought that was a really good question. So? 
Who would it be? Well, I've been I've actually been thinking about it a lot since I read it because it's actually there's probably I wouldn't I honestly couldn't say one if if I had to say one and this will like probably hurt jazz fans because it's not a jazz player but if I had to say one person it would probably be Dirk and that's because of he was like one of my favorite players all time he's a I've got two jerseys from players or ex players in my lifetime and one of them is his that's signed to me and and all that so that. That's definitely he's definitely one. But then I would have like loved to have played with with Carl and, and John, and I would have loved to play with with Ginobili. The list goes on probably, but I think Dirk would be like the number one if I had to pick one. Jazz fans shudder now. They recall the two zero series lead and three straight losses in the blown fourth quarter seventeen point lead at home. <laughs> That's why I said they probably won't. Yeah, like the answer, it was it was this the. It was the first time... Like a kid. Uh, there's, there's actually a video somewhere like online of me holding a Nowitzki jersey as a lot younger age and saying like he's my favourite player. I was like 16 or 17 or something. So it's not like I've just made this up to bring back some history. And I've got, like I said, I've got two jerseys, signed jerseys from players in the NBA and one of them is... Uh... All right, there it is. Yeah, you can uh, when you're when you're bored. Google it was about uh, probably 2001. The video is probably out there on YouTube. Young Dirk and Young Steve Nash down 0-2, winning three in a row. The first round was best of five in those days. Steve and, Nash is probably in that group of players too, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you can you can YouTube it, and that'll get you through 10 or 15 minutes of the day. You know, when the kids are taking a nap. You want to know something. who the second jersey is, just who? for who fun? Yeah, it was an ex teammate. Um. A bit of trivia for you guys. Ex-teammate. Well, I was really close with him. Um, I think when he left, I like tweeted something about him being one of my favorite teammates ever. Booker. No, he retired. He's he's got. <laughs> if anyone goes to watch his video, as, as nice as it is, listening to him, his retirement video and his letter was great. His hair and facial hair is disgusting. <laughs> that is, that that is, is such a huge thing. I texted him. I was like, congrats on your career, but your facial hair is disgusting. <laughs> but is no, such, not, 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 uh, not, not book. That is such a you thing. You guys can think about uh, it. Who, I won't, I'm not going to give you any. You guys can tweet me your answers if you're. So he's, you a, for, he's a former jazz player. I, I was going to yeah, guess. I played with him. I was going to guess Rubio. No, but I actually said to Renee yesterday, I need to get a Rubio jersey. That's okay. really weird that we talked about that, but me and Renee talked about it yesterday. <laughs> All right, we'll work on it. We'll let people guess online. They can tweet it at you, at Joe Ingle 7 and then uh, they can play the game with you because they need to kill a little time too. Yeah, it's, not, it's really not that hard. Like if you knew, everyone knew my relationships with teammates. I've, I've, I mean, I've loved everyone, but... There's been a couple guys that I've been extra close with, and this is one of the guys, and it's the only jersey I've got from a current NBA player. All right, hit him up on uh, Twitter, at Joe Ingles 7 There you I go. I won't be able to check it for a while because I've got to go and do my workout, but I'll check it after my workout. So. Okay. All right. We'll look forward to it. I'll be tracking it <laughs> later today. Thanks, Joe. No worries, guys. There's Joe Ingles. Next, Craig Bowlerjack. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show.
from Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're joined now by Craig Bowlerjack, and he joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Bowler, good morning. David James, Patrick Kinahan. How are you? When you grow up in Kansas City, Bowler, I would expect there's a worry about tornadoes. I don't think you worried a lot about earthquakes. How do you like riding no. out a uh, 4.2 aftershock? You know, it was like, please, you know, not again. I mean, it rattled. Uh, we're, you know, over by Brighton High School, and I, I felt it. And uh, kind of like, again, I just said, earthquake. I don't know why I said it, but there was again. I mean, it was like, come on. It's been, what, a month, five weeks, right? No, a month. A month that we've had these now, because I'm trying to remember in my mind, Oklahoma City was on the 11th, and the following Wednesday was the the initial earthquake. So here we are a month later still having these aftershocks. Is this an aftershock, anybody? Or is this another quake? I think it's an aftershock. Centered in Madden. An aftershock. Because another earthquake would have to be, what, higher than the original? I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. Well, I think it's actually wise, and I'm going to start doing what you're doing and wearing your helmet at home at all times. <laughs> Got a safety helmet here. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's weird. It happens in the morning. It seems like most of these, or at least that's when we feel them, because we're lounging around the house, which which I'm doing quite a bit anyway. So I guess we're more uh, prone to feeling all these aftershocks. Hey, I, I was reading uh, Joe questions to Joe. Did Joe mention, or did you ask him, do they have – has he had an earthquake in Australia? Do they have? No, he wants to go home. Uh, the, you want, you yeah, want, they're all want, sick of the house shaking. They're done with it. They're done. Yeah. Done. Yeah. I, can, I, can, I can imagine with two, two youngsters in the house, too. How do you explain that constantly? Yeah, it's really upsetting when I and the kids. Oh. <laughs> uh. You ever do an Australian accent to Joe, or then he'll just light you up on a trip and it's better not oh, to poke the Oh, he'd light us up. No, you can't even go there. You know? Hey, Joe. <laughs> what do you know? You know, you want to, but you really have to nail it, or he'll nail you back. He's a master. He's a master. He'll get you. One way or the other. He'll get you. I always talk to him when he's warming up. You know, he carries that little, uh, you've seen it. The kind of the neon yellow green softball, and that's how he kind of you know warms up on the floor before games, and that's when T or Matt and I get a chance to talk to him the most, right over by us. So that's his spot. I think you know he's has a broadcast future, but he's right over by us where we do our pre pregame show, and uh, we're always talking to him there. He's always got some joke or some you know smart comment like. Uh, what's he say? Bull, is that the only suit you have? You know? I said, Joe, come on. I got three. You know, there's that type of banter that we have all the time. It's uh, And then you can't ever, uh, you know, complain about Thurl's uh, attire, right? That guy can light it up. 
He's a fashionista. I'm wondering, uh, you know, we've heard about possibly going to Vegas and the quarantine and playing games and all that. Have you heard about any broadcast plans? You know, I haven't. Um, my guess would be if they're quarantined, then, you know, it'd probably PKB much, much run like Summer League, the G League Showcase, where probably a couple of the networks would have several of their broadcast teams, TNT, NBA TV, ABC, whatever it may be. I'm hoping, I'm selfish, I'm hoping we get a clean feed and maybe we get a chance to call games, um, which is a new norm possibly, and that is in a studio uh, off off a large monitor. Now it's not my, you know, it's not my best scenario, but at least it gives everyone a chance to do a local broadcast on our regional network. But who knows how it's going to work out? I just hope we can play and play safely. But you hear you know, rumblings of, you know, the 25 days that's needed, personal time to, you know, work yourself uh, privately uh, on treadmills and weights and running, and then you get together as a team and you start to practice uh, for 10 days. Uh, I don't think they mentioned any type of preseason basketball. It'd just basically be scrimmaging, and then you you go off to, you know, where, wherever. Uh, if it is Vegas, sounds like uh, that seems to be where they're leaning if it, if it happens that way. But I'm not sure, PK, how far we are from that or how close. Again, I keep thinking every day that maybe we'll get some better news. And I know there's the need to to get back to work, but it's got to be the right time and the and the right you know the right situation. If you need help uh, calling games off monitors, I, I know people have experience with that, Bowler, and <laughs> probably help you out yeah. on that. I think I think actually you're right about that, that that's probably how it'll happen. I, I could see you being involved but not going to Vegas because going to yeah. Vegas yeah. makes it more complicated, more people, more risk, more exposure. So no, but they're going to want all the local uh, drop-ins and all that stuff in the broadcast, and these regional sports networks are going to want the programming. So I, I would bet you are calling off a monitor somewhere. You know, I, I would hope that we get back involved in, in some way uh, to help, you know, the Jazz and to help fans and just to kind of keep a local flavor to it. I know a lot of fans tell us, you know, sometimes it's interesting to hear a different perspective from the nat, you know, the national level, and I get that. Um, and uh, then I also heard the opposite, too, when I was at CBS and Fox. Is that, ah, what do you guys know coming in? So it's, it's, it's an interesting balance. But I, I'm selfish. I would love to be involved somehow, some way. If it's possible, it may not be. You know, it may just not be. Uh, the focus may just be at the Thomas and Max and the Mac and the Comma and the uh, Cox Pavilion, and uh, be a lot of basketball. I don't know how many games they would play. That would be the interesting part of it. Or if they would just again get into the playoffs, as we see now, the the way that the uh, the top eight are seated. I don't know, guys. You think fans? I don't know what the the league would want to do. They may not have an option, honestly. But if they do, they may want to play 10 games and try to see if someone can move up or down and reestablish themselves, or they may just jump right into the postseason. It's, it's going to be interesting, excuse me, interesting to see how it, how it plays out. So you're saying then that if you're involved likely from someplace in our community calling the game and, and DJ talking about and referencing what he does with the soccer, he doesn't travel, so he calls them locally, uh, that they, that's a possibility, or the other possibility would be they would just have somebody 
or a group yeah. of people, whoever that might be, from a national level, just calling games. You're not you're not saying that these games wouldn't be available for us to watch, right? No, not that I know of. No, I think probably you'd stack it. Um, and again, I haven't seen what the NBA's total plan is. I'm guesstimating, but they'd probably stack it. PK, I'm guessing noons and two thirties and you know four thirty uh, five o'clock games and. They would rotate teams, and you would be able to watch your particular team on a given day uh, and stack it. Maybe, gosh, you know, look what the NCAA tournament can do uh, when yeah, I was at that's CBS what compared to right for such a long period of time. It was just on CBS, and then it you know it's expanded out, and now you get a chance to see every team on four different channels. And I think that's kind of the same probably model uh, that the NBA would take. Craig Bowlerjack joined us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. But to be clear, this is bored Craig Bowlerjack sitting in his house uh, imagining as opposed to uh, TV uh-huh. people, network Please, people. Make sure that, <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm no executive here by any means. It's just kind of, you know what, I've been asked the question a lot, and I, I kind of you know, ponder my own thoughts, you know, why not? It's a, it's a long day sometimes, and I just kind of, actually, in my office here, I've, I've doodled more than ever just penciling ideas down, you know, on p- potential possibilities i mean i like to work i think you two do as well right i mean that's why you're doing what you're doing right now yeah that's what we do and and it just doesn't feel right uh not to be working especially knowing that the playoffs would be starting this weekend and the jazz had just completed a you know a season on tuesday night against denver and where would the jazz be would it be a three a four could they've made a jump to two i mean those are things we won't know but we can always you know I guess there'll be an asterisk, obviously, on this season, 2019, 2019-2020 season. Um, but I know the league would like to play it out, and so would I. And I think all of us fans would, too. But i got to reiterate, it's got to be safe, and it's got to be right, because you can't make a U-turn and come back and revisit this again. It's just, it just has to be done the right way. Speaking of reiteration, we had on Joe Ingles, and he reiterated <laughs> that the team is going to be fine and that these two players want to win in Salt Lake, so he doesn't really know what else needs to be said. You know what? If Joe speaks, we listen. Um, I think Rudy stepping out and making the statement was awesome. And, you know, Donovan and, and Rudy are teammates that have obviously incredible abilities that complement one another in, in many different ways. And I, I personally, I would hope that they they haven't already. And as Joe said, if maybe you know Rudy spoke for both of them, I think people wanted to see what you know Donovan's response would be. But that may not be Donovan's you know way of doing things. If they've they've handled it personally, privately, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and and if that's the case, and get back on the floor, and and they have the common goal as I think the entire state and region does, and that's to see the Jazz one day soon raise a trophy and take it down Main Street. All the way to St. George, by the way, PK, with you at the lead. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> be a heck of a parade, wouldn't it? Take a couple of days, see, but it'd be worth it. I'd see PK with a trophy in one hand and a kazoo in the other on the front of some float <laughs> headed down 89. I like it. <laughs> well, then, We're, you know, with a microphone also singing, I don't know, whatever, you know, his greatest hits and entertaining. <laughs> we are the champions. We, yeah, we are the champions <laughs> all the way, PK. 
all the way from outside the point of the mountain down to St. George. Hey, Levy, from he's like, step on it. Let's get to Manti. There's nothing in between. <laughs> Leaving Manti. Come on, pick up time. We got to be in Sterling on time. Let's go. Yeah, pick up the tempo. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, man. I just think yeah. that for a lot of Jazz fans, and I, I told Joe this, and you can go listen to the interview at 1280thezone.com when you're killing time later today. Um, is that there is stuff that happened literally before Joe was born. And depending on, uh, you know, how old you are and how long you've been rooting for the Jazz, you remember different things that you thought were upsetting the apple cart forever. And this, I I would think the longer you do it, the more you realize nothing upsets the apple cart forever. The whole roster is turning over in three years anyway, (laughs) because it happens all the time. But it's still tough in the moment, especially with the star players. And I had someone tweet at me, what happened before Joe was born? I just tweeted back, well, Frank Layden versus Adrian Dantley. Oh, yeah. Were you in town for that, Bowler? That was the biggest thing. AD was the star. He was loved. Yeah, it was uh, Frank, and uh, you know, the Frank was put in a weird situation. He ran the show as president, general manager, handled the contracts, and that's danger when you have to face a player and then coach him after you have to negotiate a deal. And so there was bad vibes there between the two. So I remember that well. I'm not. I think it may have been '84, uh, a year or two before I got here. Uh, but that's, that always echoed, though, as one of the most tenuous situations in Jazz franchise history. Obviously, making payroll was the number one, and the Dominique Wilkins um, draft that never really happened. <clears throat> and uh, Well, it did, but of course the Jazz were able to sell that for what it was in a million dollars and actually keep the franchise afloat. Uh, Frank and Sam Battistone were trying to do all they could to keep the franchise in Salt Lake City and uh, – you know, then again, as I think most people who are listening remember the days of, of um, the summertime um, back and forth, of course, with the late, great Larry Miller and Carl Malone. Um, you know, you guys, how many times did we have to have a summer where it was, you know, Carl saying, I'll never play for the Jazz or wear a uniform again, and those two would talk and get together and shed tears and <clears throat> always right in jazz land. You almost expected it. So you make a great point. This happens on a lot of teams. I think sometimes the Jazz are better at keeping things, obviously, between themselves and in the locker room. But uh, someone wrote yesterday, uh, I think it was the ESPN column that I wrote, that with no basketball, no gyms, no planes, no hotels, there's really no time for these players to gather and work things out um, in, in normal circumstances, which makes sense. So you have to almost rely solely on social media or, you know, dialing somebody up on Zoom or Skype and trying to, you know, discuss things. But, hey, we're all living in different times right now. And it is it is more difficult in some ways uh, for these players unless they reach out. Uh, days can pass and all of a sudden weeks have gone by. And it's I told a friend of mine, there's guys in college I, I've lost touch with and I keep thinking I should call. And then after about a year, you think it's too late, then three years pass, and then all of a sudden you go, what's the use? So it's always good to maybe, you know, if you have an issue, do it as soon as you can because time passes. Uh, I think we're fine, and it's slow right now, but in reality it, it passes much quicker than we think. Bowler, as always, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you again. Thanks a lot. All right, guys. Have a good day. Keep busy. See you soon.
There's Craig Bullerjack. Before it, Joe Ingles. Now, we've replayed the Joe stuff several times, but if you've missed it, remember, everything's online at 128thezone.com. It's also wherever you get podcasts. You know, if, if Stitcher is your thing or Spotify or whatever, you can get stuff there. Every hour is a separate podcast. On our website, all the interviews are broken out individually, so you can just listen to the Joe interview or just listen to the Bowler interview. 1280thezone.com. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines next.